Come on, church. Lift your hands towards heaven right now. We're praying right now. We're praying for some situations and circumstances. We're praying against some things right now. There's the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. In the name of Jesus, go ahead and lift your hands towards heaven. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I want you to keep praying if you're praying. If you're still praying, you keep praying, but I want to just address something real quick. I feel like the Lord gave me some instructions before I get to the preached word. And Sister Trashir already kind of started pushing us in that direction. I, uh, last night, I couldn't sleep very well. I had a tormenting dream. Somebody breaking into my house and some other things like that. And I've been noticing just over the last little while that terror, that torment, that fear trying to come in the night. And I felt like the Lord spoke to me this morning. And I feel like he allowed me to feel some of that this morning in the middle of the night because it's happening to a lot of people right now. The spirit of fear is trying to grip the church. It's trying to grip the world like never before. And the Bible tells us that he has not given us the spirit of fear but of love, power, and a sound mind. It's a spirit. Fear is a spirit. It's an influence. But perfect love casteth out all fear. And really what it comes down to is control. Because if you have been made perfect in love, agape love you understand you believe and you trust that he's ultimately in control there's nothing to fear you see that's the battle between fear and love the love of God not human love the battle between fear and love is fear is because I realize and I try to be in control but I begin to find out I'm really not and I'm afraid what's going to happen when I'm not in control Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Fear is when something is out of my control and I can't stop it. I can't control it. I, I can't keep myself safe. I can't keep myself protected because it's out of my control. And the difference between fear and love is love. Agape love understands that no matter what happens, he is in control. No matter what tries to come against me, God's got me. He's a strong tower. I can run into the strong tower of Jesus Christ. His name is mighty. He's the one that has the cattle on a thousand hills. He's the one that has all power. He's the one that has all authority. When I truly am walking in love, I have nothing to fear. I didn't even realize it this morning when I woke up until I looked at my phone a little bit later. But even the verse of the day on the Bible app was addressing this. And I feel like we need to address this for a moment before I get to the preached word. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. This was even the verse of the day. There is no fear. In love. Why? Because perfect, complete, agape love casteth or driveth out fear. 
Why? Fear hath torment. You want to wonder why you're tormented at night. You're dealing with terror at night. You're dealing with the fear when you go to the grocery store, looking over your shoulder, worrying about what's going to happen next because you keep consuming what's happening in the media, what's happening in the world all around us. You're seeing all the fear that's being driven into the people of this country and this world. But the Bible says, he that feareth is not made perfect or complete in love. I'm telling you, church, it's coming to a point where the people of God have got to make up their mind. I'm going to walk in the love of God. I'm going to walk in the peace of Jesus Christ. I will not walk in fear. I'm not going to let fear determine my steps. I'm not going to let fear determine my life. I'm not going to let fear determine my decisions. Oh, I feel like I'm bumping up against that spirit right now. I'm not going to let fear be the motivating factor when I wake up on Monday and go to work fear has no hold on me fear will not be my decision maker but I'm going to walk in the love of God I want you to get honest with the Lord right now Sister Trishir began to deal with that vulnerability if you've been dealing with nightmares, you've been dealing with terror, you've been dealing with fear, you're afraid to even go outside. I'm not talking about so crippled you can't leave the house, but I'm talking about if you be honest, but the things you're seeing with your eyes is beginning to affect your spirit, and it's beginning to affect the way that you see the world. It's affecting the way you see your walk with God, because you begin to see everything happening around you, going, oh my Lord, what if, what if? what if we've got to get rid of the what if and we got to know the the I am his name is Jesus Christ and he's in control get rid of the what if this happens what if that happens and start saying I know the I am God I know the self-existent one he's got all power he's got all authority he's got the world in his hands he knows all things I want you to be honest. We're going to get to the preaching soon. But I just feel in the Holy Ghost, the Lord gave me instructions. If you've been dealing with fear, you've been fighting fear, I want you to come to this front and begin to pray. I want you to be honest. If you're dealing with terrors in the night, if you've been dealing with nightmares, if you've been dealing with fear, if somebody breaks into your home, fear of what if this happens when I go to work, be honest. And I'm telling you, we will address the spirit of fear. And we're going to let the spirit and the love of God come down in this place right now. I'm thankful for we got a few honest people but we got a lot of lying people in this place because I'm telling you we're not walking in the love of God that God has for us if you're honest go ahead and come up front we're going to pray we're going to pray against the spirit of fear because love the love of God drives out fear can I have a few more of those musicians come up here and sing this song one more time I'm sorry I should have kept you up here We're going to sing this song and we're going to take authority over the spirit of fear. You see, fear and love is like darkness and light. Darkness is simply the absence of light. Fear is the absence of the love of God. You've been afraid for your children. You've been afraid for your husband or your wife. You've been afraid about what's going to happen to your family in the future. But we can take care of that right now. And we can begin to pray the perfect love of God. Come on, lift your hands towards heaven right now. Come on, I'm telling you, love casteth out fear. Love drives out fear. It's like darkness and light. This is a house of miracles. Come alive. Come alive. Come on, you've been afraid on your campus. You've been afraid at your job. You've been walking in fear. It's a spirit of influence. That's trying to come against everything. you. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made complete in love. Come on, right now. Father, by the authority of the word of God. And by the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ, we take dominion and authority over the voice, 
over the spirit, over the influence of fear. We curse it in Jesus' name. We bind it at its roots. And we lose the love of Jesus Christ. We lose the love of God. Come on, give up control. Part of your fear, part of letting go of your fear, majority of it right now is giving up control. Give up control to the love of God. Give up control to the love of God. I curse fear. Love, drive out the spirit of fear right now. Come on, you can be made perfect, complete. You can be made complete in the love of God right now. Come on, God is in control. God is in control. If he's the shepherd and you're the sheep, he said he'd guard, he'd guide you. He said he would, he would feed you. He said he'd protect you. If he is truly your shepherd and you are the sheep of his pasture, you've got nothing to fear. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. You are with me. I will fear no evil. If he's your shepherd, if he's your shepherd, you don't have to fear evil. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it in the name of Jesus. Come on, church, if you're not praying for somebody else, I want you to begin to pray for others. Begin to pray in this atmosphere. We don't need any spectators. We need to be pushing back the spirit of fear and loosing the love of God, loosing the agape spirit of God to be loose in this place. given us the spirit of fear but of love but of love but of love but of love power and a sound mind come on if you've been born again by water and spirit and he is the shepherd and you are the sheep of his pasture you've got nothing to fear you don't have an expiration date beyond what he has allowed for your life you are protected. You are guarded. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. There's not one thing that can happen in your life that he hasn't allowed if he's the shepherd and you are the sheep of his pasture. Come on, church, let's pray. Let's pray the power of God's in this place. Let God drive the fear out of your heart for your business, the fear of finances, the fear of terror, the fear. Let God drive it out of your heart right now. It's not just about this moment, but this moment can begin to start some momentum when you wake up tomorrow and you begin to call on the name of the Lord in faith. You begin to call upon the name of the Lord in faith. That's it. It's not just about this moment. It's not just about this moment. But we are a blood-bought people. We are a covenant people. We have got the name. We've got authority. We don't walk in fear. We walk in faith. And we walk in love.
Come on, that's it. That's why God fills us with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because the love of God is fully shed abroad in your heart when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says that when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, that's the love of God being shed abroad in your heart. Come on, that's it. God's doing something in this place. Don't rush it. We'll get to the preaching. But God is still delivering minds. He's setting hearts free. He's releasing the love of God in hearts right now. This is a house of miracles. Come on, I command that you'd be free. I command that you would be free. Be free from the voice in the spirit of fear that the world is projecting. The world is projecting fear because it wants to control you. But God is in control. He's the one who's in control. The world, the adversary, the God of this world wants to be in control. And he does that through fear because fear has torment. Come on, get lost in it right now. Get lost in the love of God right now. Get lost in the love of God right now. Get lost in the love of God right now. You can be free. You can be free. You can walk in dominion and authority. We bring everything to the feet of Jesus. Everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of me. If he's your God and you're his people. He's got your family in the palm of his hand. If he's your God and you're his people, he's got your finances in his hands. If he is your God and you are his people, he's got your health in his hands. He's got your circumstances in his hands. He's got your future in his hands. If he's truly your God and you are his people, God, we bind the spirit of fear. We take authority and dominion over that voice, over that lie. The scripture says that it's a spirit of fear. It's a spirit. Lord, we loose your Holy Spirit. We loose your power to take dominion and uproot every lie, every voice that tries to bring torment, that tries to bring fear, that tries to bring depression and anxiety. That's it in the name of Jesus Christ. Depression is very closely tied to fear. Anxiety is very closely tied to fear. Fear is the open door that opens up the voice of depression and the voice of hopelessness and the voice of suicide. Fear is the gateway drug, if you will. It's the gateway spirit. The spirit of fear is the gateway that opens the door to all the other voices. That's why we've got to address the gateway spirit. We've got to address that very thing that we want to be in control. We've got to give up control so the love of God can be in control in our lives so it doesn't open any other doors to depression or to suicide or to hopelessness or to anxiety or to confusion or to delusion or to false doctrine. When you deal with the spirit of fear, you are dealing with everything else that accompanies it. Come on, in the name of Jesus Christ, when you deal with the spirit of fear, you're dealing with all the other familiar spirits that try. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel some authority in this place. We've got to deal with the spirit of fear because God has given us love and power and a sound mind. When you deal with fear, you are beginning to deal with the beginnings of depression. And you're dealing, come on, you want to wonder why the suicide rate is up in this country. You want to wonder why confusion is at an all-time high in this country. Because the spirit of fear is wreaking havoc on the country and the world. It's using religion. It's using intimidation. It's using anything you can think to try to push this on people and put them in
in fear, in the bondage of confusion, in suicide, in depression. I'm trying to move on, but we've got to take dominion and understand that fear is a gateway spirit. It opens the door to everything else. That's why the Bible says that perfect love casteth out fear. Because when the spirit and the power and the authority of God shows up, Fear has to go. Fear and love can't coexist. Oh, I'm a Christian, but I just have some fears. Listen, you, you, you got to obey the word of God. You got to stop doubting the word of God. You've got to stop making excuses for your own life and get honest and give up control and say, God, I have been in fear. I have been walking around fearful for my family, my future, my finances. When you get honest, and you get honest, that love of God that is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost begins to turn the light on, if you will, and darkness begins to flee. That means that fear begins to leave when the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. There is no fear. Scripture says there is no fear. There is no fear. There is no fear in love. But perfect, complete love. That is agape love. Unconditional love that can only come from God. Cast out, drives out, exterminates fear. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to talk to you for just a few moments, and I still do feel to preach, because what I feel to preach actually, interestingly enough, it's amazing how God works. I didn't even really realize how this all connected. But when you wake up tomorrow, the Bible says, I believe. Let me just, can I just talk to you for a minute? I believe, therefore, I speak. You cannot separate faith from actions. Meaning, if you really believe something, you are going to act like it. You are going to talk like it. You are going to think like it. I believe, therefore I speak. If I believe that the love of God drives out fear, then I better be speaking it. How do you know when the love of God is not driving out fear in your life? What are you talking about? What's coming out of your mouth? How are you talking? Are you talking about everything that's going on in the world all the time? And how it's fearful and how it's hard and it's difficult. And I'm not saying it's not, but what are we talking about? Because what we talk about reveals our faith. I believe, therefore I speak. We understand, as unfortunately a lot of Christianity does not understand this because they preach that faith is a mental ascent, which is a complete contradiction to the Bible. Because if it was a mental ascent, Noah would have drowned if he wouldn't have built the boat. Because he was moved, because he was moved by faith, he went and built an ark. Abraham was moved by faith, therefore he went and sought another country. If you really have faith, it will cause you to act and talk in faith. 
There is no such thing as silent faith. It doesn't exist. It's a contradiction to the word of God. This is why people get messed up with the scriptures when it begins to say that all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior and that's it. No, that's part of it. That we need, we need to accept Christ. We need to put our faith in Christ. Absolutely. But we need to be moved by faith when we want to accept Christ and Him to be our King and our Lord, to be the shepherd of our life. That we are, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. We are moved by faith to be, have our sins washed away by water baptism and to have our hearts filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost because we are moved by faith in to action you can't separate faith from action I feel the gift of faith beginning to operate in this place because I can even I sense that even during worship a lot of us were standing there and we were liking the songs and we were liking the way it sounded and even maybe some of us were opening our mouth a little bit but your demonstration of faith God responds to that he responds to your demonstration of faith. And biblically, the way you demonstrate faith is by what you speak. Why? Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's coming out of your mouth really reveals what's in your heart. Some of you just caught a revelation. If you want to know what's in your heart, start talking. If it's the love of God that's shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost, you won't be talking in fear. Because the love of God so gripped your heart. The love of God was shed abroad and took over your heart, the Holy Ghost. That you began talking in faith. You began walking in faith. You began speaking in faith. The devil... He's after our hearts and he's after our mouth. He's after our eyes because he knows that if he can get into your eyes and he can get into your ears, it's going to get into your heart. And whatever gets into your heart is going to come out of your mouth. And whatever comes out of your mouth, that's the world you're framing. The worlds were framed by the spoken voice of God. When he said, let there be light, what he was doing in the very beginning is he was establishing the principle of faith. He was establishing the principle of how you walk in faith. In the beginning, God created how did he create because in the beginning was the logos the expression the thought the plan of god he had a plan he had a desire and the way he released it in faith was by what he spoke and that's what's supposed to happen for us but we get bombarded by the media we get bombarded by friends. We get bombarded by our bank account. We get bombarded by all these thoughts. And it causes us to begin to close our mouth and not begin to speak faith. And then our heart begins to fear. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. He said, I have already overcome the world. He said, in me, he says, in this world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have pressure and trials. But in me, you're going to have peace. And he said, I've already overcome the world. Do you see the fight? We naturalize this way. There's a spiritual battle going on. There is a spiritual fight for your soul, for your heart. And that fight is very simply put, there is no fear in love because love casteth out fear. The opposite of the love of God is fear. And fear 
is the gateway. It's the open door that where depression and anxiety and suicide and, and perversion and del- all these other things come through that voice and spirit of fear. You see, God is constantly dealing with the heart of the matter. He's constantly dealing with the heart of the matter. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinks, so he is. We need to begin to gauge our conversation with our families. Gauge our conversations with our friends. And just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. And that will reveal what's in your heart. I'm not talking about being backslidden and <clears throat> being full of the... I'm not... Understand where I'm coming from. Fear begins to steal. Steal, kill, and destroy your joy, your peace, your righteousness, your hope, your love. Because the heart is supposed to be surrendered. It all comes down to who is in control. That is the ultimate question. Who is in control? Fear comes down to who's in control. And every day, Brother Isaac mentioned to me, he said, why don't you address some of this before you preach? And I, I'm gonna feel, I feel too. We've got to take dominion. The moment you wake up in the morning, I don't care if you've got five minutes. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you begin to speak. You begin to open your mouth even when you don't feel like it. <clears throat> even when you're afraid. That's how, if you would resist the devil, he would flee. If the Bible says that fear is a spirit, where'd it come from? If the love of God drives out fear, where is fear coming from? It ain't from God. Therefore, when fear begins to rise in your heart, you need to get aggressive. You need to begin to speak to it. Say, no, in the name of Jesus Christ, God is in control. God is in control. I trust him. God is in control. I I trust the name of Jesus Christ. He is my strong tower. I'm going to run into him. You need to begin to speak like that when you wake up in the morning. You've got to voice it. I receive, Jesus, the love of God today. God, I pray right now that you drive out all the fear that's in my heart. You can't drive out fear that you're not honest about. You can't drive out fear that you're not willing to admit. But if you would admit it to Jesus, I'm telling you the love of God is going to be shed abroad in your heart. And it's going to push those things out. A moment. You're walking to the grocery store and you start looking over your shoulder. Recognize what's going on. Recognize the fear that might be in your heart and begin to speak. God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I give up control. I know you're a good God. With our families, we need to be praying over our children. Praying against fear. Praying against confusion taking authority over the things and speak. Let your children hear you speak in the name of Jesus. I lose peace and love upon this house. They need to hear it because that's how faith begins to build. Faith is built by the spoken word, by you releasing it into the atmosphere. That's how the worlds were framed. Frame a world of love and peace in your home. Amen. Praise God. I don't feel to preach long, but we can go ahead and stand. And this is going to relate to everything I was just talking about. Because I believe that this will be part two to dealing with the fear. But not just fear. Everything else that goes along with it. I want to talk to you about the battle for the secret place. The battle for the secret place. Again, it all comes down to control. It all comes down to control. Who is in control of your life? 
Who's in control in your secret place? Who's in control in your decision making? Who's making the decisions? Who is in control? If it's you, the Bible says there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Jesus said that I have come that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. I want to deal and talk about the secret place. This is how we take dominion and make sure we are walking in the love of God and driving out everything else. And if you need the Holy Ghost, God can fill you with the Holy Ghost in this place. If you've never been filled, that love of God can be shed abroad in your heart right now. Be shed abroad in your heart today before you leave. If you've never been <coughs> if you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, you need to have your sins washed away. Peter said in Acts chapter 2, repent, be baptized, every one of you, for the remission, forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said for, you need to be baptized for the remission or the forgiveness of your sins. It's not that the water's special, it's that you're being obedient. Because you can't separate faith from obedience. Amen. God can fill you. You can be baptized in his name, and that is going to help. If you've never been here before, or if you're coming and you're like, man, this is different. Yeah, but we're trying to be biblical. We're trying to just be the people of God. We believe what the word says, and we preach it. We believe it. We act upon it. And if you will act upon it in faith, God always responds where his truth is released. Amen. We have got to make sure that the word of God is our foundation. We have got to make sure the word of God is our foundation, that we are living according to the word of God. You see, you can be seated. I'm trying to get to the preaching, but I just feel to share this for a second. The Bible says that there's two types of houses. The house that's on the sand and the house that's on the rock. The difference between the house that's on the sand and the house that's on the rock is that the house on the sand and the house on the rock look exactly the same until the storm comes. We're stepping into a time where all of Christianity looks exactly the same, has looked exactly the same. But we're stepping into a time where you're going to start to see there's a very big difference between some Christianity and other Christianities. Because as the storms hit, as the economy gets hit, as more fear hits, you begin to realize, man, not everything is built on the same foundation. But you never know what the foundation is until the tribulation and the, the storms come and it begins to shake and quake and it begin, you begin to see this house was not really built on something strong. And there's coming a day. It's already been happening. We've had seen so many mega pastors coming out with all these secret lives that nobody knew about. We see all these the secrecy of things coming out. We're like, how in the world do you have how do, how do you have a church of thousands of people and they hear you on Sunday preaching the word of God? And then all of a sudden coming out that you've been having a totally private life that nobody knew about. And it's causing confusion in the congregations. It's causing an uproar because they're going, man, I feel like I've been lied to because this man that I looked up to as a God, like a God, God's messenger, really they had this secret life. I have a very close friend of mine that was involved with a man, I'm not going to say his name, who was very well known, one of, the, one of the top apologists in the world. And all of a sudden, a bunch of stuff came out shortly after about how he was really living behind the scenes and it crushed my friend because he worked with this individual he was very close to this individual he looked at this person as a a mentor as a as a leader as a great man which he was a great man but he had a secret life and that secret life was the downfall of him and also it was the downfall of many others that were around him because when they saw him and they, and they saw the pedestal he was on and then they saw the way he was really living, it really disrupted and affected everybody else around. And they're going, if he is false, does that make everybody false? The answer is no. There's always going to be 
we all struggle. We all have humanity. But I'm not talking about failures and mistakes. I'm talking about blatant rebellion in secret. But we're coming into a time where you're starting to see a major difference between churches and religions and denominations. You're going to start to see a shift because the thing is, when things start to get crazy, you start to realize you need the truth to stand upon because that's the only solid foundation. And that is why we've got to drive ourselves into the book like never before to know the truth and know the word of God. And if you're here and you say, well, what does it matter? Doesn't everybody believe the truth? Well, no, the scripture tells us that there is erroneous doctrine. There are doctrines that are not of God. That's why the Bible says in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 16, it says that you need to rightly divide the word of God. Because if you can rightly divide it, you can also wrongly divide it. It's so important for us to know what does the Bible really say, because if you dig into the word and you study the word of God and you begin to act upon the word of God, that's when the fruit will be manifested because God responds where his truth is preached. God responds where his truth is manifested, but he is not obligated to respond where his truth is not preached or believed. And I just urge you in the Holy Ghost that there is coming a day where you're going to see more stuff come out in secret. And you're going to go, how in the world? Don't ask the question, how in the world? Ask the question, what can I do to protect my secret place? Because it's all about a battle for the secret place. Because how we act in public is very different than how we act in private. That's why the Bible says in Psalms chapter 91 verse 1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the the shadow of the almighty you have a promise that if you abide in the secret place with jesus christ then he will overshadow you he will protect you he will be with you but the thing is there is more than a secret place with jesus christ there's also a secret place that we have with other things because a secret place is just a place in secret and my question i have for you is who is in control and who is ruling your secret place? Is Jesus the Lord of your secret place? Or is someone else the ruler of your secret place? Brother Mike, this is a Sunday morning. I mean, is this a little heavy? Look, if you don't deal with your secret place, if, if you just surrender your secret place to the adversary, then it doesn't matter what else I preach. It doesn't matter what else I do because the thing is, it's all about yielding and giving up control. And if you're not willing to give up control in private, you definitely aren't giving up control in public. He that dwells in the secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It was in the scriptures in the book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve sinned, what was the first thing that they did? They hid. They went and found a new secret place. And in that new secret place, they were running from the presence of God. And they tried to cover themselves with a false covering. They tried to cover their, in shame. And they tried to cover themselves, and God had to come and deal with them. It's amazing because when you look at the word garden in the scriptures, it actually means fenced place. The Garden of Eden was a secret place. The Garden of Eden was a secret place between them and God where they had relationship with the Lord. And it was in that secret place where they walked in dominion with the Lord, where God said, I'm giving you dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, and the birds in the sky. And I'm giving you dominion to name them. I'm giving you dominion to rule the earth. You will rule from your secret place. And it was in the secret place where they allowed some things in that ended up deceiving that ended up getting their heart to yield in a way that it shouldn't have the serpent came the very thing they had dominion over was the very thing that they allowed to get dominion over them and it's amazing because you see this pattern all throughout scripture you see you see it with joseph joseph was a man that was raised up to be the second most powerful man in Egypt. And as the second most powerful man in Egypt, he was even tested in his secret place. 
Potiphar's wife came to him and said, why don't you come hang out with me? That's the PG version. Why don't you come hang out with me? And uh, he said, I can't do that. I can't disobey and shame my master. You see, Joseph, God had a plan for Joseph. God had a calling for Joseph. But God had to see how he'd respond when no one was watching. God had to see how he would react when no one else was around. And when he reacted the right way, God said, if you can handle this in private, I know that you can handle some things in public. If you can handle yourself, if you can manage yourself, then you can manage a nation. God is trying to get his church to see that there's such an attack upon the secret place. Social media, you see, you see, years ago, before my time and before most of your all's time, you would have a 250 square foot, 50 square foot room that that was your secret place. It didn't go beyond that small space, your bedroom. But now, the secret place can be secret globally. You can go there on your phone. You can go there on the internet. You can go there in conversations. You can get on a plane and nobody knows you are in California when everyone thinks you're still in Maryland. Because you can do things in secret now like you could never do before. Are you hearing me in the Holy Ghost? I'm trying to help you to show you whether you first time in this church or you're here Every single Sunday, how you handle yourself in your secret place will determine everything. We've got Snapchat now. A lot of you, the elder generation doesn't really deal with that. But literally, a multi-billion dollar company is making billions off of pictures that are sent and vanished within seconds. Instagram, Facebook. TikTok, you name it. There's so much secrecy messages that are being sent out. They even say that a majority uh, or a lot of adulteries happen because of the secrecy that is available through social media. You see, there is an attack upon you where you can act a certain way. You can walk a certain way when no one's watching. But the scripture tells us that all things are naked and bare before his eyes. He, he says no creature is hidden in his sight. Hebrews 4.13 tells us that all things are bare before the Lord. He sees everything. And so you might fool me. You might fool the pastor. You might fool your parent. You might fool your spouse. You might fool your kids, but you ain't fooling Jesus. And he's the one that sits on the throne. And he's the one that's going to tell you, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. You can come into uh, the presence of the Lord. You see, we've got to have a mindset shift where we stop worrying about what everybody else thinks. And we worry about what God thinks. Because if we seek to please man, we cannot please Christ. But if you've come to please God. One of my most, one of my favorite scriptures, if you put it on the screen, Psalms 101, it talks about David and his secret place. We understand that David eventually made some huge mistakes in his secret place, but his life was built in the secret place of prayer and fellowship and worship with God. He had such a connection. The book of Psalms tells us and shows us that intimate relationship he had with God. Psalms is the product of David's secret place. Now, I know there were other writers than David, but it was David who said in Psalms 101, he said, I will even walk in my own house with an upright heart. He's saying when no one else is watching, when no one else is in the building, when no one else sees me, he said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I'm going to walk in my own house with an upright heart. Go to verse two if you can. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, well, when thou come unto me, I will walk in my house with a perfect heart. He's saying even when nobody's watching, when no one else around. Oh, I know, oh, Brother Mike, this is elementary. If it's really that elementary, why is our secret place overrun with things that shouldn't be in there? 
If it's that elementary, why do we keep yielding our secret place to the enemy and not to the Lord? Because every single person has a secret place. The question is, whose secret place are you in? I'm not talking about perfection. I'm talking about an intentionality. An intentionality that says, I am going to seek the Lord when nobody is watching. I'm going to do the right thing when nobody's watching. I'm going, I'm going to lay my heart down on the altar. And here's the thing. When you surrender your secret place to the enemy, I'm telling you, fear is going to have control. Fear is going to wreak havoc in your life. Jesus name. It was Samson. If you don't know about Samson, he was the strongest, most powerful man in the scriptures at one point, And maybe even ever the way that God used him. He had such a supernatural strength. And in public, he was so powerful. In public, he could pick bars off of gates. He could he could do some crazy things. He would kill 300 Philistines with with a jawbone. He could do all these powerful things. But the one thing Samson could not control, the one thing Samson could not yield was in his secret place. He kept surrendering his secret place. Listen, I know this might sound, oh, are we preaching to the youth? No, I'm preaching to every single person. It's not just for the youth. Because the enemy is after all of our secret places because we've all got one. And the question is, who is in control and who is ruling your secret place. Samson, it's interesting because the scriptures, when you study the scriptures, you will notice it's a book of contrast. It's a book of contrast. You'll see how God has two situations happen that are exactly alike or similar. But he shows you the one that did the right thing and the one who did the wrong thing. A contrast in scripture is Samson and Joseph. Samson had the same test that Joseph did. But while Joseph fled in his secret place, Samson surrendered in his secret place. God is teaching us. And listen, I know you're like, oh, well, I've never had that happen. Listen, don't take the application and marry the application. There's a lot of things that can happen in a secret place, not just what Joseph and Samson faced. What do you read in the secret place? What do you watch in the secret place? How do you act in the secret place? When no one else is around, how do you treat your kids in the secret place? How do you, how do you treat others when no one else is watching? You see, this is not just about doing these grave sins. No, this is about the character in the heart of God permeating your secret place and permeating your family and, and getting into every area of your life. in the garden they surrendered their secret place David understood God you have searched me you have known me you know the secrets of my heart David was honest David was vulnerable if we're ever going to get dominion over fear and dominion over the attacks of the enemy it starts with our bedroom it starts with our secret place our library wherever we are in our home in our car when no one else is around are you winning the battle when no one else is watching that's why the bible talks about the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit the fruit of the spirit he says that if you will walk in the spirit you won't fulfill the works of the flesh and so if you're intentional of getting into the spirit in your secret place you'll begin to have dominion over the works of your flesh just by focusing on the things of god in your secret place are you abiding under his shadow or are you hiding in sin Because those are the two reactions. We might come here and lift our hands and worship publicly. But are you still hiding behind a veil of shame? Are you hiding? You come into the church. You come into the house of God. And you worship. And I'm thankful for that. But what is happening? And what is going on when no one else is watching? I'm freshly challenged. 
by the scriptures, when I begin to see those powerful men and women of God that were used in the days of old in the scriptures, they had a connection to the Lord in the secret place. They dwelled in the secret place and they abided under the shadow of the almighty. God wants to challenge you as well as what are you doing when nobody's watching? Jesus name. He has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power and a sound mind. Even Judas. Exchanged his secret place when Jesus went to go pray. Judas went to the secret place of the Sanhedrin to make a deal to get Jesus taken in and arrested. He should have been in the secret place with the Lord, but he decided to exchange it for his own gain. You see it over. Nicodemus came to Jesus in secret because he was hungry. And he came to Jesus in secret and said, I know you know the truth. He says, can you tell it to me? And Jesus says, you need to be born again. The Lord is asking and calling upon us to yield our hearts and surrender our hearts in the secret place. Because when you do, that is where fear is driven out. That's where the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. It's in the secret place. And you come up out of that secret place with a power, with an authority, and with a love of God that begins to permeate and it begins to affect everything around you. When the fruit of the Spirit is evident in your life, other people have something to sustain them. It's that intimate connection in the secret place that produces fruit. You can go ahead and stand as I begin to come to a close. God, Nathaniel, you can come if you want. God wants us to take inventory. He wants us to take inventory. I know we had a move of God. We were praying against fear, taking dominion over fear. And it was powerful. It was powerful. But I want you to hear me. There's a reason why we're not having a major emotional response right now towards the end of this message. We had a powerful move of God in the beginning. But this comes down to a decision and a commitment beyond this moment. This comes down to when you are by yourself, not in an altar around everybody else. And you begin to say, God, I need your grace, and I need your love, and I need you to help me to continue to give up control in my secret place. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And the greatest way that you can fellowship with the love of God is by every single day making a decision to yield in the secret place. You have dominion. You have authority. You have power with the Lord. But you have to exercise it. You have to exercise it by speaking. Can we right now in a demonstration of faith lift our hands and begin to talk to the Lord? These altars will be open if you want to make a step. The altars are always open. You're welcome to. But what I want you to do right now is I want you to be honest with God in the name of Jesus. I want you to be honest with God, and I want you to take true inventory of your secret place. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. There's a reason we did not have a lot of emotion going on during the preaching. I was not blowing and going. Why? Because I want this to get into your spirit and I want this to be echoing in your mind when you wake up tomorrow. I want you this to be echoing in your spirit when you wake up it says, where is my secret place? First, I got to get to it. Secondly, I've got to give up control to the right one. I've got to be in the secret place of the most high 
Come on, right now in the name of Jesus, take inventory. Be honest. Be honest. What are you letting in? Is there a serpent in your secret place that's whispering to you? Have you let a serpent into your secret place that's whispering fear, that's whispering lies, that's whispering doubt? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you fellowshipping when no one else is around? If you will be honest with yourself, you begin to deal with the secret place. I'm telling you, you can be reminded that Jesus is the one who will judge us in the last day. It's not our pastor who's going to judge us in the last day. It's not our bishop that's going to judge us in the last day. It's not your youth pastor that's going to judge you in the last day. It's not your parent. It's not your siblings. It's not your mentor. It's Jesus Christ. And what matters is that you don't try to hide anything from him because all things are naked and bare before his eyes. Come on, church. Begin to take inventory. Begin to take inventory. Take inventory. Begin to walk the aisles of your secret place and look what's on the shelf in your mind's eye. Begin to see what's on the shelf of your secret place. See what's on the coffee table of your secret place. See what's on the desktop in your secret place. See what's in your mind and your spirit. The things you're speaking. The things you're listening to. The way you're acting in the secret place in your home even around your, those that are closest to you. Come on, I know it's a little different for a Sunday morning, but I can't shake what the Lord was leading me to preach. And I'm just urging you in the Holy Ghost to make a decision, make a commitment to God that you will take inventory and you will empty out, you will clean out your secret place and you'll make room. You'll make room for Jesus. You can't have, you can't share rooms with him and the adversary, him and the world. He doesn't like to share. He said he is a jealous God. He is a jealous for his people. He loves you with an everlasting love. That's why his voice is so quiet. His voice is quiet because he's not interested in being the loudest voice in your life. He's interested in being the only voice. He's interested in being the only God. You got to tear down some idols. You got to tear down some high places. You've got to remove some other dependencies that you've had that have been aside from Jesus Christ. He said that he is only the way, the truth, and the life. Let's just begin to pray, church. Go ahead and lay your hands on somebody right now. Let's begin to pray. It's not just about this moment. We're making a decision. We're making a commitment. We're making a decision and a commitment. It's not just about this moment. Let the Lord talk to you right now. Come on, let out your voice. Let the Holy Ghost flow right now. God's going to talk to you. God will talk to you. God will talk to you. You will hear his voice, but you've got to be honest. You've got to be honest. You've got to be willing to be honest with God about your secret place. Come on, that's it. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Be honest with him. Be honest with him. Take inventory. This isn't just a religious moment. No, this is a faith commitment. This is a faith commitment. This is us making a decision. This is us cleaning house. This is us taking inventory. I love running. I love dancing. I love preaching faith. But right now, the Holy Ghost is trying to get us to deal with some secret places because you can't have the miraculous. You can't have the anointing of the Lord without your secret place being in order. In the name of Jesus. These altars are open if you want to, but you can pray at your seat, whatever you need to do. But you just talk to the Lord about your secret place. Talk to the Lord about your secret place. Talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. Be honest with God about it. We are the people of God.
We walk in faith. We walk not by sight. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we're going to finish the service off singing a song. I want you just to keep talking to the Lord. Nathaniel's going to sing a song. Take me to that place, Lord, that secret place. That's how we're going to end this service. And I want you just to begin to talk to the Lord as we close out here. And just begin to seek and find and search. Because he said, if you'll seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. You search with me with all your heart in that secret place. He said, if you will search with all of your heart, you will find me. This is how we're going to end this service. If you feel to keep praying or you need to be dismissed, no problem. But this is how we're going to end the service. Singing this song, the secret place. In Jesus' name. I can be with you.